Welcome to another episode of the Dope Podcast. I am Dean M. Chambers, and this is a podcast where we display other people's experience, expertise, and enhance your knowledge. This platform was created to help people combat the fear of missing out on opportunities. And also, it's a central place for you to ask your questions and to bring like-minded individuals together and be inspired. So today, I got a guest by the name of Jerome Young, goes by the Young Black Investor, and we're going to be talking about stocks today. So I've been following him on IG for some time now, and it's very interesting the things that he's posting. So me, I've been investing for many years, but I'm always a student. So I brought you on today to just deep dive into the stock market and just to give the audience um, some insight for those that don't really know about the stock market, how to get into it, the pitfalls, and just, you know, just just have that conversation because a lot of people, they don't really know who they can go to. So I say, you know what, let me bring the who to you so that now you don't have to figure out how to do it, you know? So that's the, the purpose of today's podcast. So Jerome, thank you for being here. I really appreciate it. Just want to acknowledge you for that. And um, before we get into your background story, I think people really want to know, like the, the one main question is like, what's the risk? And what was the biggest bag that you have lost and also gained? You know what? Uh, my biggest bag that I lost was, uh, well, I didn't lose the money because I didn't, I didn't sell. So it was unrealized. <laughs> loss. So uh, 2007, 2009, if you remember the financial crisis, uh, I had mutual funds at the time and I was at, I was up to $25,000. Then I started getting my statements and slowly I saw the numbers starting to drop lower and lower and lower. And I was like, you know, by the end of it, I, I lost about, well, I was down about $12,000. Mm-hmm. Biggest mistake was not investing more. So mm-hmm. the market, when the market's in fear mode, that's when you got to invest more. Yeah. I didn't do that. I was, I was 21 at the time, probably, no, sorry, I was 23 at the time. Mm-hmm. And I didn't know what to do. So I did nothing, waited, and uh, started to learn more about the stock market and investing. And I started to see the numbers start, slowly start to climb up. It took about five, six years for that to recover. So mm-hmm. losing, yes, I've, you know, I've lost in, I've not, well, not crypto, I've lost in uh, marijuana stocks. I've had some losses in blockchain <laughs> early on. So some of the riskier stuff, but it's like listening to other people, like that, yeah. that's what gets you in trouble. Once yeah. I developed my own style of investing and trading, I was pretty much it. And it's, I've been very profitable since. Mm-hmm. I, I like what you said when you said it was unrealized. That's something a lot of young new investors don't know about. And if you could just speak more to that, what, what is unrealized? So unrealized is when you're in your account, it shows that you're down a certain amount, but you haven't mm-hmm. sold it yet. Mm-hmm. It's when you sell it's when you actually have the realized loss, right? So you gotta keep that in mind. So if you're down, like I, like I just mentioned, I was down about $12,000. It took some years for me to, to be in the green. So I ended up cashing out around 28,000. So oh, I was wow. like, yeah, so exactly. Right. So yeah. it's, if you can hold, like my strategy is always buy and hold. Cause you know, yeah. you, you can't predict what's going to happen in two or three, four years, but you saw what happened in 2020 and of March yeah. stocks were at all time lows. Right. And then they just yeah. stormed up and went up quickly. And, for those that missed out, they missed out heavily on stocks. That some some stocks went up to what double or triple in value yeah, from yeah. their low. So yeah, that was an opportunity to buy when stocks are low. Yeah, it's uh, crazy because the time that you got into investing is the same time that I got into the stock market. But I didn't know anything. I didn't have anybody that I could fall back on for mentorship, and I was literally just an avid watcher of the stock market. And them times BlackBerry was booming. 
And um, that's when they're having a competition, BlackBerry and uh, iPhone. Yes. And uh, on, I was going to buy into Apple, but I was afraid because I didn't know what I didn't know, right? So I was just yeah. like, if I buy into this, what's the chances of me losing this money, right? And if I did buy, I'd be laughing right now, but because I didn't have that knowledge, I literally seen that day that it happened, I seen when Apple went from $400 to $200. And I was like, holy, this is crazy right now. But I didn't know. And then the year after, they split. And I was like, holy, like, I literally missed out on that. So it was just crazy that we kind of started the same time and you seen that trend too. And you were actually in it, but you didn't pull out of it. Where a lot of people was like, they, they don't have the, the stomach for it to take such risks like that, you know? Exactly. That's kind of what's going on with crypto right now. Like if you're into crypto, like you got to be able to stomach a 40% loss or or 40%, you know, down in the market at any time. And that's scary for some people. Like even for me, like I've been, as I said, I have a stomach for it now. I'm not an emotional investor. Mm. I I set my price targets. I know what I'm, what I'm waiting for. So I'm not stressing. I'm not looking at my phone every day, like praying for it to go back up. Like I got time. Time, time is your best friend when you're young. Yeah. Yeah. That's key. And, um, what do you mean by emotional investor? Well, some people, when they invest in, because I'm going to speak on, on behalf of Black people, like for, especially for myself when I was young, being an emotional investor, we have an attachment to money. We work really hard for money. We don't yeah. come from a lot of money. So when we are down in our account, like you feel it. Like, yeah. You're, I'm depressed, man. Like, I, I'm, I'm going to be honest. When I lost that, when I was down 12K, I was depressed, man. Because mm. I'm like, shoot, like I worked, I worked hard. I saw the, the, the account go up and then, okay, now I'm down half. Like, what was all this for? I should have kept it in the savings account. So, yeah. you know, you put all the thoughts in your head and you're like stressed out. And I'm like, damn, like, but as time goes on and you become more of a savvy investor, you understand, like, it's a long game. I'm playing the long game. Just like with, like, real estate, no different. The, price, the home prices, you know, 20 years ago compared to now, right? Mm-hmm. You're willing to hold for the long term. And at the end of the day, you'll win. Yeah, 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 most definitely. Um, what, what's funny is um, you said uh, you, 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 you were depressed. I almost feel like you were depressed then, but then you, you, you learned how to go through the, that, that, that trial and tribulation of, of a loss or a, um, the, the pitfalls of a, of a stock going down. Whereas other people, they didn't get in because they, they didn't understand it. But now they're kind of saying, I wish I was in it. Where it's like now they're depressed because they didn't invest 10 years ago right because a lot of people talk about even just let's let's focus on apple right now they're saying if you invested in apple 10 years ago you'd have like a million dollars like i feel that makes people more depressed than being depressed in the moment because they didn't buy into the stocks then you know so it's crazy that you brought that up also that which leads to my next question um what sparked your interest to get into the stock market losing 12 well being down 12 grand (laughs) (laughs) but uh to be honest, I, I, I graduated from Humber 2005 and uh, my coworker, um, my first job actually I got, my coworker is like, hey, my, my nephew sells life insurance if you want to you know, get life insurance and mutual funds. So that's what kind of sparked my interest. Mm-hmm. I would watch BNN and not understand like what all these symbols mean. And I was like, okay, I'm just, I wanted to figure this out because I'm like, there's wealth in the stock market. You can really build wealth for long term. I started reading some books, Rich Dad, Poor Dad, Secrets of a, a Millionaire Mind, a Millionaire Next Door. So I was just really just educating myself and learning. And then once I opened up my brokerage account and learning about the stock market, taking my L's, you know, you, for, for, for you to earn money, you got to learn. That's, there's no way, other way around it. So that, that's what really got me going. But 
I, I went to a, a school where it was predominantly Jewish, but there was a lot of wealthy people. And I was always trying to wrap my mind around how these people amass so much wealth. Yeah. And obviously it's one, one way is through business, but they're heavily invested into the stock market. Yeah. But I'd, I'd go to some of my friends' houses and they'd be watching BNN. They'll be watching the stock market constantly. And I'm like, is this what you guys do all day? And I come back to my house and we're like, my mom's watching soap opera maybe or whatever, but it's like, they're consistently learning. Like if you're consistently watching the market, you can learn so much. If you're yeah. on YouTube, if you're on Reddit, if you're on, you know, even on Twitter and Instagram, there's people that you can follow that spit some really good gems and you can consistently learn. So they, it, that's what really sparked my, my interest in stock investing is just learning, just learning about it. Cause it, for, to, for us, it's foreign. Our, our parents don't talk about money. Yeah, I, my, I could never talk about money. It's like taboo around my parents. So yeah, yeah. for me, it was like, I always felt like that, you know, that rare, rare black, you know, rare black gentleman that didn't get a chance to talk to anybody about investing. I didn't have any mentors until uh, my accountant, my accountant was probably my first mentor. He told me to get this book and that book. And that's what really got me going. Cause I'm like, this guy's a, you know, he's a young millionaire himself. And I'm like, I want to be like him. Like he lives in a great house in Richmond Hill. He drives yeah. a very nice car. But he's given me the gem. So I was like, I took some of the gems that he gave me. I was very fortunate to even mm. meet him and to know him. But that's that's yeah. kind of where I got my interest from. That's, that's crazy. That's crazy. Um, which le leads me to my next question. Uh, where did it go? What hurdles did you have to overcome uh, to grow your portfolio? Uh, first things first, not diversifying my portfolio. I think that was a pretty big one for me early on, um, you know, and like, like I said, I mentioned to you about the blockchain and, and marijuana. Those are two mistakes that I made. Um, you know, overcoming the emotional connection to money as well, mm -hmm. not having a plan, um, understanding what I was investing in. I would invest in companies I had no idea how they made money at all. And those are the ones that burn, like the ones that you have no idea what they do. And for me now, it's like I look at it from a standpoint. If I can't explain it to someone that's like, let's say, a grade two or grade three, then I shouldn't be buying it. I understand how Apple makes money. We yeah. all know how Apple makes money, how innovative they are, how they consistently put out new products that, you know, take market share over the, over, you know, the entire market of tech. So mm -hmm. th those are some of the hurdles I think that a lot of people go through. It's like they kind of just invest in what people tell them to invest in because people are fearful to invest in their own companies. But, you know, sometimes doing your own research and finding, finding you know, gems out there. And, and to be honest, there's a lot of free information on, on uh, Instagram. Like you can be on Instagram and learn about stocks. Yeah. There's certain yeah. people that I follow that, they consistently put out really good information and they make you, you know, think outside the box. Yeah. Uh, when researching a company, what, what, what do you look for in terms of saying, yeah, I need to add this to my portfolio. I like to look at their, their 10 year chart. Mm -hmm. um, I like to see what direction it's going in, whether it's going up or down. Mm -hmm. um, I like to be in a company that that's in the top three in its sector. So mm -hmm. I don't, I don't like to buy the, the ones that are like, you know, some stocks are cheap for a reason. So I'm willing to pay, for Shopify because it's a good company. They're innovative and they're, they're doing well. I know the price is high, but I would still rather invest in that than to invest in some, you know, company that no one's ever heard of. Mm -hmm. uh, I also like to look at who's holding the company. So which institutions are actually involved in the company? Are banks invested in it? Is Vanguard or BlackRock, which are two big ETF companies, are they invested in this company as well? Because those are really good indicators for me to know that mm -hmm. this is a good stock to hold for long-term. Mm -hmm. Uh, what's an ETF? It's an exchange traded fund. So I like to say it's like a basket of funds. So I, I, what I what I've told uh, some groups, uh, I, I I do some uh, conversations with the Boys and Girls Club of Albion. 
I'm like, imagine putting together your own basketball team. Like you have your own fantasy basketball team of the best players in the world. Let's say you put LeBron, Russell Westbrook, Kyrie Irving, Kevin Durant together. It's no different than the stock market where you're putting the best companies together. So for some, the S&P 500, which is uh, Standard & Poor 500, those are the 500 biggest companies in the US. Mm -hmm. uh, so that's an ETF that you can follow. So you're investing in Apple, MasterCard, Visa, Home Depot, Walmart, all the big companies in the US, the, the best of the best. Um, but, the, but then you also have ones that are sector related. So you may have some that are just real estate or just dividends, or it could just be a tech ETF. So there's different variations that you can get involved in. Interesting, okay. Thank you for that one. Uh, what advice would you offer to new stock investors? Um, I think personally people should start off with index funds. Hmm. Uh, it's safe. Um, you know, they, they're trying to say they're tracked by the S and P 500. So it's already the products that you're probably using as a consumer. Why not invest it in it as well? Right. Um, invest in what you understand. Um, buying a share should be like, you should feel like you're a part owner of that business. Mm -hmm. I, don't, I don't think people should just just throw their money into anything. You should understand the business, but like, this is your, you have ownership of it. Like I posted the other day on Instagram, like my son owns Nike. He's a part owner of Nike. He had to make a decision to vote on a board member. Like that to, that's yeah. some validation and, you know, you feel important doing something yeah. like that. Um, don't chase a hot stock. Mm -hmm. uh, a lot of people do that. We saw what the meme stocks, a lot of people got burned <laughs> from that, right? Uh, you want to take your time do your research because um, you know at the end of the day this is your money and nobody should care more about your money than you you want to limit your your risky stocks as well I, I think you should have some risky stocks in your portfolio whether it's five ten percent and that's pretty much it and you want to decide on what kind of investor you want to be mm -hmm. whether it's a combination of like for me I'm a, I'm a dividend investor but I'm also I also invest in uh, ETFs mm -hmm. I also invest in growth stocks as well but early on you want to figure out what like, what direction you want to go in if you want to go in growth you Your, your audio cut there. Now you sound like you're on mute. Don't know what happened there. Yeah, that's, uh, so, so my next question for you, uh, is this your only, so are you just mainly a stock investor or are you also work a nine to five? I, so what I also do is private lending. That's a big thing that I do as well. I, mm mortgages and I deal with some businesses as well. Uh, I'm getting into uh, rental properties. Uh, I have two. They're not fully built yet. I have one here in Barrie, Ontario, and I have one in uh, Kelowna, BC. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, so um, yeah, I'm, I'm just trying to diversify more in real estate. So majority of my time is just spent on investing. Um, me and my wife have a little side hustle business where we uh, do some woodworking together and we build stuff. Um, mm -hmm. I, we also do like Facebook, we sell on Facebook Marketplace as well. So we've got a, quite a few hustles. My wife's a nurse. Um, I'm, I'm in the social work field. I really don't work as much though in the field. I'm primarily just sticking to investing because this is what's bringing home the money. Nice. So did you, when, how long did it take you to go from the, from making the shift from the nine to five more to into the investing side? I, well, I started investing on my own in 2012. That's when I started, took my, took my L's definitely. I want to say 2018 is when I really started to be able to profit from the market. Um, even I would say 2019, 2020, I got into option trading. I'm not sure if you're familiar with that. 
but uh, it was a really good way to make an income. Uh, dividends, yeah. well, I got it more involved in dividends as well, but I would say 2018. So I would say it took about six years for me to really understand the market, but the information back then compared to now was like night and day. Like mm. there's a wealth of information out there at our fingertips. Like most definitely a lot of money out right now. If you are willing to learn, if you're willing to take an hour out of your day, every single day, just like going to the gym, going to the gym, like it's going to the gym learning is, it has a compound effect, right? So continuous habits, man. Huh? Habits, habits. That's, that's exactly what it is, man. Yeah. A little bit of learning every single day. Um, yeah. And you'll see, like, you can really build wealth. I don't want to say quickly, but I want to say you can build wealth over time. Yeah. But just the information now, you can do it a lot faster than I believe you could have done, like, five, ten years ago. Yeah. The key thing you said is the habits. And that's why, shameless plug here, you started a savings challenge to get people to start saving money so that they can do something later on, right? So if somebody wants to invest in the stock market, purchase real estate, have vacation money, start work, work backwards and say how much see how much or say how much you want to have at a specific date and then just break that up into in increments right so it's like putting in cutting out those uber eats or the netflix so that you can put towards purchasing uber now or purchasing a netflix stock so that now you can see it grow over time right so that's why we launched the savings challenge not just to save and sit there and do nothing but save with an with with an intention and your intention to invest, whatever it may be, so that you're kind of not waiting to the last minute and then you get the FOMO and then you're like, oh, I need to buy into this. And then you don't even have the money to do it. So it's like, why do you want to buy into something and you don't have the money to do it, right? Which well, is you said their, their habits. Habits is a really big thing, obviously. Once you have yeah. good habits, they continue for a long time. But also goal setting. Goal setting yeah. is essential. Yeah. Um, a big thing for me, to be honest, on, on how me and like, my wife really started to really build wealth was paying off debt. Like we, mm. went on, we went after we got married we just started paying off all all of our debt like we paid off all of our credit cards we paid off our lines of credit and everything paid off our cars we were just on a like we kind of like lived as minimalist but we wanted to get that out because debt is you know deterring you from really building wealth if you think about it right mm. so that's why i'm saying like what you're saying about you know the habits and the goal setting we wanted to pay off our debt and once we did that we were able to put so much money into the market and the key thing is so i don't know if you, if you watch some of my posts on regards to like, you know, getting to six figures and how important that is. You know, once you get to six figures and you do a 1% return in a week, like that's a thousand dollars that your money made for you. Yeah. <laughs> that, that, this is the key thing. That's why I'm like, man, like I, I push everybody I talk to get, get to six figures, get to six figures. And I know it's, it's hard. I, I'm not saying it's easy because it's definitely not. I'm, I'm going to tell you, it took us time to get there. Mm -hmm. but once you get there and you understand like, Holy, like money really like the compound interest and everything it moves. You know what I mean? It's like, yeah. we can really start to build wealth. And at the end of the day, it's our kids are going to benefit from the decisions that mm -hmm. we make. That's what I, that's what we think about. Yeah. It, it's funny because a lot of people, you present them an opportunity where they can make 10, 20% They're like, nah, that's too little. And I was like, <laughs> are you crazy? And it's like, what, and I, I, I have that type of same type of mindset that you have, where it's like, yo, if I have a million dollars, I'm making one, 2%. I'm good. But then it's like, you're getting them 10, 20% on 10,000, 20,000. They're like, nah, that's too little. And it's like, how much do you want? Like, you want like 300% return? Like, nobody's going to give that to you. And if you do want a 300% return, your risk is that much greater. Like, you got to put in something that's going to give you that type of thing. But it's, it's, 
if you don't calculate your risk, then how are you going to know that you're going to even get that type of percentage, right? You might as well go gamble, go to the, the racetrack and go bet on a horse, right? But a lot of people don't have that. They, they, they haven't trained their mind for those things, right? And same thing that you preach. It's like, yo, just start because eventually you'll get there, right? Especially if you're in the same room around those, those type of people, you're going to be like, yo, if that guy could do it, I could do it. Mm-hmm. And then, or you're going to ask the question, how did you get there? so that I could do it. And then you kind of just broke it down where it's like, yo, you live like a minimalist where it's like some people, like some people would rather rent a three bedroom house instead of living in a one bedroom apartment, dug it out for like a year or two so that they can have enough bread to go buy a house or invest. But it's like, nah, 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 I don't want like they do. They won't give up their lifestyle. And it's like, how do you expect to achieve these things if you don't give up your lifestyle? How do you expect to achieve this if you don't want to fix your credit? How do you expect to achieve this if you don't want to pay off your debt? Like your debt is surpassing what you're making in the stock market. That doesn't even make any sense. It's called delayed gratification, man. <laughs> oh my goodness. <laughs> you know what's funny? <laughs> I literally have a whiteboard that says delayed gratification. Literally. That's my literally. saying. That's my saying. And in regards to your point about people wanting to make like 100, 200% gains. I have a say, I have a, like a saying, just like for me, I look at investing like baseball, I look at trading like baseball. I'm okay with a 10, 20% return over, okay. over a short-term trade. I'm okay, I'm okay with that. I don't need to hit home runs. I'm just going to be consistently hitting base hits because I'm still going to get runs. Yeah, 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 yeah. Everyone, everybody wants to grand slam in a home run. It's like, it, and to be honest, I, I have gone through that as well where I've, I've too have lost, well, not even just it's it's a bit different to your scenario i actually lost like nine thousand dollars in like not the stock market but forex because i didn't have that knowledge where it's like i'm looking for the big bag and it's like yo the big bag's not coming that's why if if we could talk about this the difference between a trader and an investor that's where i think a lot of people get things confused for plain and simple investor you're buying and holding buying and holding for the future Mm -hmm. trader is you're basically finding an entry point and an exit that's it Mm -hmm. for me in particular i like to minimize my risk Mm -hmm. so i look at it from a point of view of if if abc stock is ten dollars if it drops to 980 i'm gonna sell it that's gonna be my my stop loss Mm -hmm. right but if it goes up to let's say 13 dollars, well i want to profit so i'm gonna put my stop loss at let's say 1280 Mm-hmm. I'm guaranteed to get profit. So tr- trading is you're, you're basically just getting small profit over and over again. And that's what the goal is. Mm-hmm. But as an investor, I'm just looking at it from a long-term point. I don't need this money right now. I'm going to put this money away. You know, if I come back to it in five, 10 years, if I need it for, for any particular thing, which I don't want to, because I'm trying to live off my dividends. Like that's one big thing that I, I read. I read one book called uh, um, get rich, get rich with dividends. And it opened up my mind to be like, man, I can pay my bills with dividends and I can do all this. So I'm like, shoot, I'm just going to keep putting money towards it. I'm going to keep buying Enbridge. So Enbridge can pay my, you know, my Enbridge, but I'm going to keep putting money into TELUS. So TELUS can pay my phone bill eventually. So I don't have to worry about these bills because the stocks I'm invested in mm. are, but that's more for a long-term investor. That's my m- mindset there. But uh, for trading, it's just, you know, you want to get in and out. Mm-hmm. but you want to have your as i said you have to have your entry and your exit most mm-hmm. people just they buy a stock they see it go up they get excited they don't sell they don't even sell half their position or anything but then when it gets back down they're like oh shoot like what am i going to do now i should sell why would you sell at a loss yeah 
<laughs> it's like reverse engineering. It's like backwards. you're doing everything backwards. Like, no, that's not how it works, man. <laughs> it's like if it goes down, buy more, buy more. Exactly. So that when it goes up, now you get the bigger bag. But a lot of people don't see that. Even It's funny that you brought up Enbridge because I too have Enbridge. And when you posted your dividends, I was like, whoa. <laughs> I was like, that's a lot right there. I was like, yo, I need to step my game up now. So I was like, okay. Like, literally, when I see now, I was like, if who knows how long you've been investing it but it's it just shows that you you had a mindset where it's like all right i have an embridge bill but if i buy embridge they can eventually pay my bill so it's like how much do i need to make or how much do i need to invest in order for embridge to pay itself back where it's not coming out of my pocket um and i i believe that's called dollar cost average that's right dollar cost averaging yeah if you can speak to that what what dollar cost average i know you posted it but yeah. Just just to let people know if this is the first time they're seeing you and hearing this, what it is. So dollar cost averaging is you're basically buying it at different points, right? So you, if, if we can use Enbridge as an example. It's $51. So Enbridge last year, around, around this time of the year, maybe in October, it was around $36. So I just bought because I'm like, this is pretty low. I'll buy Enbridge right now. If it goes up to 40 bucks, I'll still buy. So you're buying it at different price points, mm-hmm. right? But at the end of the day, you're going to have an average because it's going to be average of your lows and your highs all together, right? Mm-hmm. So... I, I, I think we have about 301 shares, but I have friends that have 5,000 shares of Enbridge. So when they, when they show me their, when they show me their dividends, I get excited. I'm like, damn, okay. I need to get, I need to get to a thousand or then 2000, but I'm like, it adds up over time. Once you get your dividends and you put them right back in, which is called, you know, some people have drip, but I just mm-hmm. put mine right back in and I'm like, I don't need it right now. I'm like, maybe in 20 years I'll need to do, I'll, I'll take out the dividends and you know take care of whatever. But seeing someone with 5,000 and seeing their dividends, it, it's an eye opener to be like, man, money is really a tool to make more money. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like I, Snowball I, don't, it. I don't believe in savings accounts. Like I stopped putting money in my savings account. I put everything in towards uh, the stock market, man. the stock market mm-hmm. or crypto. Like I, I keep money in my checking account for day-to-day stuff. But other than that, like I mm-hmm. believe everything should be invested. Yeah. Yeah. Let, let that money work 24 hours a day, seven days a week. It doesn't eat, doesn't sleep sleep nothing so literally just put it to work put it to work wherever maybe it's like for me i'm always looking for that opportunity and you kind of sparked my interest and you're like you do private lending so i was like oh okay i'm looking for a private lender so after this we could talk more about that about the private lending because i too like to dibble dabble into real estate so that that's kind of where i feel like my passion is Uh, i do like the stock market it's just when you're doing so much it's so hard to focus on that and within your portfolio, how many companies do you really watch at a time? For me, I read this one book. I was watching like 50 stocks at one point, but I was like, yo, this is too much. <laughs> and then hearing Warren Buffett, Warren Buffett, well, not so much Warren Buffett, but there are like big investors where there's like, there are 10 bread and butter companies. But for me, it was just like, yeah, 50 companies. If I buy a little of each of these, um, but I found that didn't really work too well for me because now I got to track all these companies and kind of keep up up with them so what's like your your sweet spot for how many you have in your portfolio for holding um i probably have about 20 25 right now that includes index funds mm-hmm. um but in what i trade the max i do is three or four and mm-hmm. i simplify it i'll set alerts mm-hmm. so if i know that enbridge dropped 10 percent, i'll know it because i'll put i have a yahoo finance i have their app Mm-hmm. And I'll just, and, you know, I use my Sundays for that. I use my one hour on Sundays where I just look at 
stocks to buy like undervalued stocks but i'll also set up my portfolio for all my alerts so i'll, I'll have it's almost like my alarm clock i have like maybe 20 alerts mm -hmm. so if a certain particular stock that i love drops to a certain price that i think is a good entry point I'll, I'll wait i'm willing to wait on those ones to add to my portfolio but in regards to trading i have my entry price so once it hits my entry price i'll, I'll watch it and then i'll buy and then i'll have my exit price so i'll set an alert for that as well so um you know I, let's talk about um, nike um, if nike's at 160 and I, I believe it's going to hit 170 then you know i'll put my alert at like 169 so i'll be prepared to sell it if i need to Mm -hmm. it's you can simplify it because i i honestly looking at your phone all day will drive you crazy seeing oh. the numbers go up and down so instead of me doing that i'm like okay let me simplify this let me figure out a system yeah. which works for me so i got you know i got a pen and pad too like i'll write down all my alerts so that i know and then it's set up to my phone as well so i'm like i'm good man as long as i get that that notification i know that i'm either going to buy or i'm going to sell mm. with uh the trading how do you know where your exit and like so your your take profit and like your your stop losses so how do, how do you well the take profit like what do you set like how, how do you determine that i use indicators um mm -hmm. so i use an indicator called the 200 day moving average mm -hmm. so it's the last 200 days of a particular stock or whatever price it ends at and it, that kind of shows you it's it's a patient game so because usually the number always comes back to the 200 day moving average no matter what the price is so this morning I was looking at TD. I'm a big fan of TD. They, I think they got a new CEO. So the stock's been beating, gotten beaten up uh, the last few weeks. And the 200 day moving average is, is uh, $80, $80 and like 20 cents. So I'm waiting to get in at that point. Mm -hmm. right? Another indicator that I use is RSI, which is relative strength index. This lets you know if a stock is overbought to oversold. So mm -hmm. if a stock is overbought, that means there's more buyers than sellers. If a stock mm -hmm. is oversold, that means there's more sellers than buyers. Obviously, if there's more buyers, the, the stock price will keep going up because it's all about supply and demand. Mm. So I kind of determine like I, I and you'll see too on there on some of the, the companies, you'll see that they have like a, a target price as well. Um, you can utilize that if you want. I like to go under that. Like, you know, if, like let's say TD stock prices, uh, their target is $92. I may say, you know what, when it gets to 90, if I'm doing a trade, but mm -hmm. because I'm, I'm buying and holding, I would just rather just buy it at eighty dollars. So if, if like I've been buying it, I've been dollar cost averaging anyways. But mm. I know that eighty dollars is like their like their bottom, and then from mm. there they should start to go back up, right? Because mm. you know Canadian banks are, you see the ten the ten year chart, right? Like they continuously go up, but you know you have to be patient and willing to wait to get to your exit price. Mm. There's like no rush. The stock may drop 10, 10 more percent, but if you're in it for the long haul, you know you can obviously make profit if you're a trader or if you're a holder. Yeah. Uh, with the in regards to option trading, uh, so if we can touch on that, like what, how do you go about doing the option trades? Option trading is if you're doing American stocks, it's very volatile, but uh, you're risking less money, mm -hmm. right? Um, to to make more, mm -hmm. um, so you can do uh, what's called call options, or you can do a put option. So call option is that you're you're bullish on the stock, thinking the stock is going to go up in price in the future. Whereas uh, uh, selling a uh, having a put is you think the stock you think the stock is bearish meaning it's going to go down. Now let's say I believe that um, Apple is going to you know I'm not sure what the price is today maybe it's like 160 I believe. Do you know the price of Apple? <laughs> Around 150. I I, I stopped looking. <laughs> let's just say 150. So let's say I'm I'm it's almost like a bet right. So mm -hmm. let's say I think Apple's going to hit 152 by um, October 13th. Let's just say mm -hmm. right. So if, if Apple does go above 152, I'm going to be in the money, meaning yeah. I'm, I'm in the green basically, right? Mm -hmm. But 
how how uh, options work is is um, you're basically getting a hundred shares of the company. So mm. if you have the the right to buy that hundred shares, so it's almost like you're the middle person. Mm. Are you familiar with wholesaling? Yeah, yeah. That's kind of the, the analogy I like to use when I talk about options. So if there's a house for sale for five hundred thousand, let's say you have this house for sale for five hundred thousand, I say, hey, you know what? I'm going to come to you and say, hey, I'm going to buy your house in cash for five hundred thousand, right? Mean you have an agreement. Let's we'll say we give me sixty days to do this. I'm going to find someone else that's willing to buy your house now for six hundred thousand. Mm -hmm. You get your five hundred thousand, you're fine, you're happy. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I'm going to get that middle money. I'm going to get that money that's in between. That's kind of how options work, mm -hmm. right? So it's you. There's a contract date. And as that gets closer to the contract, you know, you have the chance of losing your money. Mm. It is risky. I tell people, you know, do guides. There's, there's a lot of good uh, content on YouTube, but uh, there's a few courses that I've taken too in regards to options. So, you know, don't feel ashamed to take courses because people, I think people need to learn. Like, this is important. Like, I, you can turn $100 into like $800 in a day if you uh, yeah. trade options during um, earnings season. Mm -hmm. with the earnings right i'm not sure if you're listening yeah yeah, yeah. That's, that's, i don't even know but earnings is a very volatile time in the stock market because there's you know a lot of speculation and you know if, comp mm -hmm. if companies have a good earnings report then you know their, st their stock can skyrocket yeah 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 uh question for you so what is one bad habit that you have given up when it came to getting into investing cutting my losses cutting my losses and having an exit strategy <laughs> I think that was a big one. Some, you know, sometimes we just let things go and just think, yeah, it's going to go up. You know, even when you, you're up on a stock and then it goes down and you just kind of leave it and you see it slowly going down and you're like, maybe I should sell it. Maybe, you know, you definitely have to have a plan. If you're going to buy, if you're going to put, you know, $1,000 up in regards to trading, you want to keep your eye on it, you know, because if it's, it's the same skill that can make you go from $1,000 to let's say $1,300. If you have 10,000, it's the same exact skill. It's just more money you're playing with, right? So always, always have an exit strategy. I, I'm I'm really proficient with that. Like I'll, as I said, I set my alarm so that if, if a stock's going the other way, I'm going to exit and I'm, I may re-enter in a different position, right? Mm -hmm. uh, another thing too is uh, taking profit. Mm -hmm. Profit, unless you're holding it for long-term. If you're doing a trade, take some profit, right? Because mm -hmm. some stocks, they run up and then they, they taper back down. Like... You got to remember in, in this market, the whales control it. We are, we are just retail investors or retail traders. Mm -hmm. it's, it's the big corporations that are putting in the billions of dollars. They have the, the, you know, they basically control where a stock goes at the end of the day. So mm -hmm. you cut your losses early. You know, a lot, a lot of stocks have uh, run up and gone up and people have held it. So they've got, they were in profit, let's say like 20, 30%. And then now they're down 20, 30%. So, and it can, it can happen just like that. Like, you, you remember what it was like in March when everything was just dropping and everyone was going crazy yeah. and, and getting toilet paper out of all things, getting toilet paper, not going on the stock market to buy Nike or anything. I was, I, I put out, I put out post after post. I'm like, yo, get, go get Nike. Nike is 60 something dollars right now. Buy yeah. Nike. Cause I'm like, can you buy a shoe on a Saturday? Can yeah. you buy the latest Jordans on a Saturday? Absolutely not. Any chance of getting it. I've tried it several times. Like my, me and my brothers were, were flipping shoes at one point and I could never get shoes online. Mm. But I'm like, why is Nike's price going down though? This doesn't make any sense. Like they're yeah. selling shoes in seconds. Yeah. It, it's funny. Um, back to what you said in the beginning, like buy stuff that you know. And last year, knowing that we're in a pandemic, it's like, look at what, 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 what's happening around you. Like if people are being locked up inside, what do you think they're going to buy the most of? And one of the companies that I bought, and I don't even think anybody really was looking at them, was Hasbro. 
and Hasbro makes board games. If you're at home all day long with your family, what are you going to do? Exactly. Play games with them. Or you're going to buy the toys like to keep yourself entertained. And literally that company went up, it doubled. I was, I was shocked when it doubled in price. But like, those are the type of things that you need to be looking for to, to have that competitive edge against people, right? And I don't think a lot of people are doing that, where everyone's just going for the Google, the Netflix, whatever, whatever it may be, when the price is higher, whatever. But sometimes just looking at those little things can be like a, a window, a, a window of opportunity for you. Let me give you a quick gem, man. Um, Smart Center. I, I, I'm in. I'm heavily invested in Smart Center. Oh, the REIT. <laughs> the them and um, what's the other one called? Not not Smart Center. Um, I think yeah. the guy, the CEO is David. Um uh the other that owns the plazas and stuff like they own cineplex and real can or choice real can that one yeah yeah i own both of them i've owned real yeah. can since yeah. as well i still own real can yeah but in regards to um smart center mm-hmm. anytime i go to walmart parking lot's always full i always see this penguin sign and i'm like man i gotta I got figure out more about this company when i'm looking at at smart center and i'm seeing okay there's an lcbo lcbo's don't close beer oh. store dollarama there's maybe a chapters. Oh. There may there probably be two banks. Maybe yep. C Scotia or whatever. There's always banks there. There's always like restaurants. And there's a competing like supermarket, like let's say Sobeys or something else as well in yeah. that plaza. There'll be a bulk barn. So you have all these staples and the parking lots are always full. So more and more I'm wrapping my head. I'm like, why am I not investing in this company? But if you drive up north on the highway on the 400, you'll see signs, you know, they own land. Yeah, yeah, I started to you know started to dive in, went on their website, looking at their financials, seeing what they're doing in the future. All this information is out there and it's free, you know. So yeah. I started to take advantage of it. Started investing heavily into it. Now they're now they're building uh, apartments. So if you go yeah. to is it uh, Jane and Highway Seven, they own like four hectares of land there. They own that whole corner. I didn't know that. Yeah, I, I didn't know that either. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Wow. So they own all that. No, land. I, I know what you're talking about right where the um. Subway, where the, the subway end. station, yeah, yeah. I, I seen their sign there, yeah. They have everything over there, they own that whole property, but yeah, I'm like expanding in different cities and areas as well. So I'm like, man, this is a great read, and I'm like, it's undervalued. And I was pushing it on Instagram, I'm like, hey, man, look at this. You know, like the thing with me and, and what I post is if I'm posting something, I own it because mm. I've done the research and I'm like convinced in it. Like, I'm not gonna put something I do not believe in. Like, I, mm-hmm. I really like, you know, like most of the people that follow me are friends, family or whatever. I'm getting a lot of new followers now, but I, I really want to help people build wealth and like, look at the big picture. I'll put information out there and even explain it. So people understand yeah. it. Right. So yeah. when I, I think tell us um, they were looking for an offering because they wanted some money to expand their 5g network. Yeah. People, yeah, they're looking for a loan, but this will help them make more money in the future. So it's no yeah. different than any business of us starting a business that we have that's doing pretty well, but we want to expand. If you want to expand in different cities, you need to get more money to start that, yeah, right? So yeah, just yeah. breaking those little things down because, like you said, people don't understand and they're not thinking outside the box. They're, yeah. they're, they're in their life and their situation and whatever problems or issues they got going on, and that's kind of all you see. But, you know, I'm going to be honest, man. In regards to, like, building wealth, man, money money will take care of your money problems. Yeah. Everything else you got to work on. You know, if you're, if you're overweight and stuff, you got to work out. You got to do what you need to do in regards to nutrition. But, you know, you can, even your mental health, you got to do whatever you can for your mental health. That's one thing. I don't like stress because I trade. Mm-hmm. I can't have stress around me. So if people bring that stress talk to me, I'm like, yeah, I can't hear it. I'm being dead serious, man. Because it, for me, it's a mental game. Mm-hmm. It's a mental game, man. It's, it, it's like fruits. If you put fruits together and you have one spoiled one, it will spoil the other ones. Ooh. So it's like, 
I can't be around you. Like literally, <laughs> as you said that, I was thinking about I was there was two oranges on the the in the bowl, yeah. and one spoiled, and then it started to 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 get onto the other one. The other one was fine, but it's like the moment it was beside that one, boom, it started to go bad as well. So it's like you don't want that type of energy around you because if you have that energy, now you're gonna start thinking like them. And negative energy has ten times it has ten times more effect than positive energy does. And especially growing up in the hood, like, yo, if all that's all, all you see, like, literally that's all that's going to happen, right? You have that one person that's telling you, no, no, no. But then you have the 10 or even two people saying, yeah, let's go do this. And then you end up doing stupid shit, right? So it's, 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 it's similar when it comes to fruits, like, literally. Like, you just want to just negative energy, stay away from it. I see, even seen a post, it's like, you got to make your circle smaller. Like, yeah, that that's your brethren or whatever, but if you, your brethren's not doing the same things you're doing or trying to get you to that next level, you got to cut them. Like, love them from a distance. Like, at the end of the day, you're trying to build something for yourself. They're trying to do whatever they're doing. If it's partying, going clubbing, yeah. let them do that. You go work on what you need to work on. Big facts, man. I, I always say to people, man, if people that you have around you should align with your goals. Whatever yeah. your goals are in life, they have to align with that. If they don't align with it, then you don't need to be around them. Like, like you said, I can love you from a distance. Yeah. If I see you on the road, yo, what up? What up? Everything good? Okay, cool. Yeah. But other yeah. than that, like my, I, I, as, as you just said, like I keep my circle very small. Mm-hmm. I bring value to you. You bring value to me. That's how we work. Period. Yeah. If you, yeah. take, yeah. you suck my energy away, then uh, I can't have that because this is gonna affect my family. It's gonna affect my wife. It's gonna affect you know, I, and I don't need that, man. So. Yep. Most definitely. Mm-hmm. It's crazy about it. So this brings us to the the fun part of uh the show where we talk about the do's and don'ts of stock investing so if you just want to just shed some light so just like maybe one two do's one two don'ts just so that people can at least note this down and start doing their homework you know definitely man i got got some i got some good do's man i can Mm. give you a list man if you want (laughs) (laughs) well i want them to sign up to the patreon so that they can get the full list so just just give them little teasers as to what they can expect and I think a lot their their eyes will open once they just put these things into practice. Well, I, did, because, I did one of them, which was uh, zoom out on the charts and look for direction. I think that this is like essential. You have to know where you have to see where a stock is and where it's going. Like, mm-hmm. if, and I, and, it, and it, that's obviously you're speculating. Mm-hmm. You also want to invest in the top companies as well. Mm-hmm. But look at the direction of a company. I like to look at it if it looks like a hill. I'm most likely going to invest. Mm-hmm. Right, I you, you're gonna have the turbulent times where it goes up and down. That's fine. Whenever there's a sell-off in the market, you should you should definitely expect it. But if the overall theme of this company continues to go up and they're you know continuously trying to expand and build and go into different countries, then those are companies that you definitely want to invest in. Mm-hmm. You want to don't? Mm-hmm. All right. So, um, do not invest in the hype. The media, the media is not your friend. I, I need people <laughs> to really understand this because. You know, a lot of people will send me articles from like Motley Fool and all these other like companies. And I'm like, what interest do they have? Their interest is basically getting your eyeballs onto their page. That's it. So that their advertisers can give them more money. Oh, I have, you know, 10,000 people that look at my site every day. That's all they care about. They do not care about you. So yeah. they're just writing up any article. If, if, if they were extremely wealthy off of trading, if they knew what they were doing, they wouldn't be wasting their time doing this. So really, it's just, it's just um, what's that word? When people try to get you, it's just like clickbait. It's just basically clickbait. They have the nice little title. 
makes you open your eyes and be like, oh, this is a good dividend stock I should invest in. Now, don't get me wrong. Sometimes they do get some good ones, but most of the time they really try to persuade you. I'll give you a perfect example. CNBC, I, I, I open my phone every single day and that's the first app I go to to see where the market's going, what's happening in the pre-market. Um, with Bitcoin, oh, don't buy Bitcoin. This, it's a scam, blah, blah, blah. You're going to lose your money, whatever. Now they're saying, oh, JP Morgan, all these big banks are, are investing in Bitcoin now. So they're basically just doing this to the market. They, they know how, how to get to the retail investors or retail traders. They know how we function. Like they know they can say whatever they want. Look at what's going on with COVID. Like, you know, they can say whatever they want. Like they, oh, uh, COVID's airborne. Oh, everyone's afraid now. We got to wipe up all the surfaces. Like the media yeah. has so much control over us and it's scary. Like I don't even, I don't even have cable. So I hear everything after from people, what people tell me, but the media, that's one thing, like you need to have, do your own due diligence and do your own thing. Don't listen to the, what the media is telling you because they'll feed you the wrong information. And you know, you, at the end of the day, you're, you should be blaming yourself. You cannot yeah. trust the media, I'm sorry. They're also biased. Oh, 100%, 100%. Like they're also biased. So if they want you to think negative, they will make you think negative. It's they like know, literally- they know, emotion, man. they know exactly what they're doing. Yeah. It's like turn your just turn your TV off. Like at one point, I was like, I was fed up more so with cable, not the nonsense that they're they're feeding me, because it was just the price just gets higher and higher. And I was like, Rogers and Bell are both publicly traded. I was like, yo, these guys are making a bag off of me right now. And you always notice you're always flipping back and forth between the two companies. When one pisses you off, you go to the next one. It's 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 it's. It's like, it's just unwritten. Like literally, I probably went between the two of them four or five times in like the last couple of years. Yeah. It's like, you piss me off. I'm going to your competitor now. And, but the prices just continuously go up. So I was like, you know what? Be smarter than them. You only need internet. You can do all the same things you can do. If you really want to watch TV, buy an Android box. Yeah. It's just as simple as that. Right. But at the same time, if you want to get ahead of in life, turn the TV off, pick up a book, start researching, start educating yourself. That's how you're going to get ahead of the game. So Jerome, I really appreciate you for being here, dropping the gems on myself and the, the audience out there. Uh, just let them know where they can find you on social media. I'll also put your, your Instagram handle in the description and also on the video so that people know where to find you as well. But just, uh, just throw it out there. Well, my Instagram handle and Twitter is Young Black Investor, Y-N-G-B-L-K Investor. Um, I usually answer my DMs if people have questions, um, so follow me. Yeah. Definitely next over Stripes. I love what you guys are doing, man. This is uh, something well needed in the community. The discussion of money and Black families and just families in general. So yeah. I, I really do love what you guys are doing, man. And, you know, I, I need one of those t-shirts, man. I, I really <laughs> I like it. <laughs> I got you, man. I got you, brother. Yeah, yeah. All right. So once again, that's another episode of the Dope Podcast where we display other people's experience, expertise, and enhance your knowledge. Look out for the next episode. Thank you.